text conversations can get out of hand very quickly. Sure, I've never been much of a fan of talking on the phone, and I could fairly likely cover everything I needed to say in a five-minute call as opposed to a half an hour of texts, but it's much more convenient and comfortable. That is, until it isn't. Jess and I have been together for a few years now. Though marriage had entered a conversation or two, we were both quite content with our shared living space and in absolutely no rush to further complicate things. Neither of us were ruling it out, of course, but we weren't exactly racing to the finish line either. We were a happy couple, give or take the occasional spat, as all healthy relationships have, but text conversations that give way to typewritten arguments never go well. I won't lay out the entire thread of messages, as it was mostly just meaningless shit. What do you want to do for dinner tonight? Need anything from the store? Yada yada, nothing special, you know? That was until Brad Dawson, her college boyfriend, stopped by the house. Jess was in town hanging out with some friends, so I was just relaxing at home, watching some idiot box, enjoying a little responsibility-free me time when the asshat knocked on the door. I'd been texting back and forth with my girl off and on for a while, so when I saw good old Bradley Dushson through the peephole, I knew he had to be looking for her. Their breakup had been pretty messy from what I was led to understand, so I was sure he was hoping to grovel his way back into her pants. I threw the door open to, I don't know, assert my dominance and shit, you know? Anyway, as expected, he was looking for Jess, to which I maturely responded with an array of overly insecure-sounding questions. What's it to you? Why do you want to know? What business you got with her? The prick just chuckled and asked me to let her know he stopped by before he turned around and strolled away all cocky-like. Now, I can't lie. I knew Jess was out of my league. Blew my mind when she agreed to go out with me back in the day, but... Nothing makes these insecurities come flooding back like the ridiculously good-looking ex with this perfectly parted hair and shit-eating grin. Naturally, I did the adult grown-up thing. And sent my girlfriend a text asking why the hell her ex-prick bastard thought he had the right to come to my house. Yeah, that didn't go down so well. The smartphone battle blew out of proportion pretty quickly. My mind made every single word she typed sound smart-assed and defensive, so I followed suit. It went on for probably a good hour before I meant to type, I guess I'll be sleeping on the goddamn couch again tonight. My thumbs were darting across the screen like crazy while my heart was jackhammering like hell, so what I actually typed was a barely legible mess of complete gibberish. I just stared at the words while my hands still shook with anger before Jess replied with a simple, What the fuck? Before I knew it, I launched my phone at the wall, practically shattering the damn thing, sticking a fork in the senseless argument for now. My heart sank when I came down from the adrenaline rush, and I wanted nothing more than to apologize to Jess for being an asshole, even though I still wondered what business Dushson had in coming here. I just flopped down in my recliner and hoped to God I could salvage my relationship before sending her rushing back into his absurdly shredded arms. While I sat there feeling pretty embarrassed about what an ass I'd made of myself, there was another knock at the door. 
Yeah, that did not help my mental state at the time, as I was sure the good old Bradley Biceps had already decided to make a return visit to make me feel even more like a complete loser. So, I leapt to my feet, stomped over to the door, and slung the damn thing open, ready to slug a nice dent into that chiseled face. And what the fu- Oh. I'm sorry. I said to the tall man behind my door, who I had expected to be the muscle douchesen. And hello to you, the man said, lifting the black fedora from his head slightly. Uh, can I help you? I asked, having no clue who the stranger was, nor why he was at my front door. No, no, dear boy, how can I help you? A smile reached across his thin mouth while he spoke, causing oddly unnatural wrinkles to carve into his shallow face. He was almost unsettlingly tall, yet quite thin. He wore a long black coat which made his skin appear even more pale than it actually was. His features were smooth, and I could not see a single pore. The jet black hairs which poked out from his dark hat appeared almost fake, as though he were wearing a wig. Something about this guy did not look quite right. His nose looked perfectly average, as did his eyes and mouth, but the skin... He looked almost fabricated in a way. The complete lack of eyebrows between his hair and eyes made him look even more out of place. Still, his expression did seem friendly. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't need anything, I said, nervously chuckling. Are you like a salesman or something? I mean, if so, I'm afraid I'm, I'm not interested. A salesman? Hmm. Well, I suppose you could call me that, though I only arrive when requested. He bowed his head, still wearing that unsettling grin. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it and all, but like I said... Whatever you're selling, I don't need it. I give him a dismissive nod, reaching for my door to close it. I pulled my door to close it in the weird guy's face, but he outstretched his arm, pressing his hand against the wood before I could shut it. Look, buddy, I... As I said, dear boy, he said, interrupting the telling off I was about to give him, I only arrive when I'm requested. Man, I have no clue who the... F my name is Kutch, and... It is you who summoned me here. Now, if you just grant me entry, I'll be happy to discuss whatever it is you have need of. I tried pushing against the one hand he held against the door, but I couldn't so much as budge the damn thing. I didn't know if this guy was just crazy freaking strong, or if I was an even bigger weakling than I thought. Very well, he said, lowering his arm. I almost fell against the damn door when he dropped his grip on the thing. I'd still been pushing it with all my might, so it slammed shut with me careening towards it. I stumbled a bit, but caught myself before I face-planted. I just stared at the closed door for a minute or so before I reached out to flip the deadbolt latch. What the hell was that? I said out loud before turning to see the tall man sitting in my recliner. Jesus! I almost fell against the floor for a second time, this time with my back. How the actual... I thought you'd be so kind, he said, interrupting me once again while gesturing to my couch as though it was his to introduce me to. I just glared at the stranger, slack-jawed and with my head spinning. How the hell had he even gotten inside, and what the hell did he want? Why was he being so damn insistent? It is as I said, my boy, 
You summoned me here. Now, if you would please take a seat, we can discuss whatever arrangements you feel comfortable with. He was still smiling. His voice was incredibly deep, like hauntingly deep, yet somehow friendly in its tone. I just strolled toward my couch with my mouth hanging wide open. I dropped down onto it, placing my hand on my knees and just glared at the strange individual. He gave me a nod as though to acknowledge I was a good boy before he started speaking again. Now, what is it that I can help you with? Bro, I have no idea who the f- Yet again, he caught off my words as he outstretched his arm again. This time, the direction of the wall I tossed my phone at. My mouth hung agape again as the broken device flew from the floor to his elongated fingers, while small chunks of black plastic shrapnel followed after it, sealing themselves back together with the discarded phone. I watched as the reflective screen unshattered, molding the spiderwebbed cracks back into one seamless sheet of glass. He tapped the screen, which greeted him with its friendly backlighted glow before he held it out toward me. I guess, well, Deplong, the comp song Cock African Tonight, was highlighted, just above my wife's questioning, what the fuck, in response to said gibberish. The man just glared at me with the skin where his eyebrows should be raised, as to say, see? I mean, yeah, I, I, things got a little heated and my clumsy ass thumbs forgot how to speak English, I said with a chuckle, completely unsure as to why I was being so forthcoming with a guy about something that was none of his damn business. Dear boy, he said condescendingly, I find it hard to believe that you simply entered the exact sequence of words required to summon me to this realm by mere accident. His left eye appeared somewhat enlarged compared to his right while he spoke. The more he mentioned words such as summon or realm, the more the truth of what was happening here was beginning to crack through my thick skull. Whoa. Hell no. No, 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 no. I yelled out, getting to my feet while waving my arms in front of me. No, this is not... I mean, I didn't... I, I didn't... I don't... I wouldn't... Calm yourself, dear boy, he said, interrupting my barely coherent rambling while gesturing me to plant my ass back on the couch. Look, listen, there has been a big mistake. I slowly sat back down, still holding my hands out as if it would actually defend me against what I didn't want to admit this guy was. I understand that you may have perhaps came to regret inviting me here, but our arrangement is legally binding. Once summoned by invoking the chosen words accompanied by the name of which demon you wish to bring forth, we're both obligated to come to an accord. Yep. He said it. That word that I was not ready to hear. I mean, is anyone ever ready to hear a word like that? Still, I had to convince him that this was a complete misunderstanding, though he did not seem to be remotely open to the idea. I can't say that I ever believed in things like well, what he claimed to be, but it didn't appear that my lack of belief in him made it any less real. Maybe he was some sort of con man with fingers twice the length of mine, unnaturally pale and poreless skin, and the ability to transport from in front of my closed door to my comfy recliner before using the force to reassemble a shattered phone. Christ. 
I sat staring at the man. Yeah, I'm still calling him that. I'm not saying the other thing. Trying to put together whatever could qualify as a rational argument in the back of my mind. I won't say what I came up with was particularly rational by any stretch of the word, but it was something, I suppose. <sighs> Come on, man. Surely you can see this is a whole big flubber to goo flubber goo in this case, was a word my mom used to use when I was just a wee lad to avoid using the F-bomb or any other such words when my brother and I tested her patience a little too much. Likely, this guy would have not the slightest clue what this word meant, nor why I would use it in this sentence. To be honest, I have no idea why my brain decided this moment would be the right one to thrust it back into the foreground, but I couldn't make things any worse, right? I understand that you're upset, my boy, but I would ask that you refrain from using such language in my presence. He looked downright stern and a little offended by my words. Great, I thought. That'll get him in your good graces. Look, man, uh, sir, uh, your honor, um... Surely, you can see that this is just a really big misunderstanding. I felt like I just kept repeating the same words over and over again, but I had absolutely no idea what to say to this guy. My apologies, dear boy, but I'm afraid my hands are tied. His tone did sound somewhat compassionate and even a little understanding. Unfortunately, we must come to an agreement, as you did indeed recite the words verbatim. Whether this was by accident or design, I simply cannot walk away until a deal has been struck. The word deal made my reeling thoughts even more chaos-fueled. I'd watched plenty of movies and even read a few books involving characters who made such deals, and that shit never worked out well. My heart was thumping in my chest as if it wanted to break free. I couldn't help but wonder if that would be a more viable outcome in the long run. I had never been a religious type, but I couldn't deny that if this guy was what he claimed to be, at least some of the lore is for real. From everything I had read and viewed over the years, there's only one method of payment for these sorts of things, and I sure as shit wasn't ready to lay that on the line. If my heart did explode through my sternum before I ended up having to sign on the dotted line, maybe I could actually get out of this with my soul intact. So, what would be the simplest kind of deal we could make to work this out? I asked, hoping there would be a lower tier membership service. Something like signing up for Hulu with ads, rather than the more expensive version without interruptions. <laughs> I'm afraid the rules are absolute he said, with another smile forming across his thin lips. Whatever you request, of course, may be as extreme or as minimal as you like. However, the price remains the same. Shit, I thought. I just couldn't see a way out of this. The dude was not remotely interested in any sort of negotiation, only his bottom line. I began to feel lightheaded, along with the bubbling remains of the waffle I had for breakfast trying to force its way back out. Of course, he said, interrupting my battle against nausea, there can be substitutes, should you be able to confirm them. Huh? 
Well, in some cases, we will accept the soul of a firstborn child. Bearing in the existence of such offspring, we may choose to agree to a third-party soul, should they be willing to offer it as collateral. He was droning on as if reading from an instruction manual. How does that work? I asked, growing more curious by the second. As far as offspring goes, we would require some manner of proof that one shall come into being at some point. Judging by the nature of the typewritten conversation with your lady friend, he was panning through the text messages on my phone, causing me to grow even more agitated as well as downright pissed off. I'd have to assume you're no closer to achieving parenthood than we are coming to an arrangement. Do you mind? It slipped out of my mouth before I had the chance to stop it. Not only was I growing a bit desperate to get as far away from this guy as possible, but it just chapped my ass to see him thumbing through messages I was not proud of typing in the least. Apologies, he replied. Did not mean to overstep, only to confirm my suspicions, that you will not have a child in the near future to take your place. So let me make it clear, that even if I did have a kid on the way, or even a snowball's chance in some really hot place of ever becoming a dad, I would never offer up my child to save my own ass. That being said, I still wasn't giving up hope, neither in getting out of this, nor in having a future with Jess, even if I hadn't been a complete ass of myself. Of course, there is one last option that you may have interest in. I snapped back to reality after mentally drifting away for a moment. Yeah? Should you desire some manner of punishment to a third party, we may be able to claim their soul as payment, thus creating a singular occurrence which could prove to be mutually beneficial. I stared blankly again while my jaw dropped in a way not unlike a thirsty dog. I can't say I was fully wrapping my mind around what he was saying, as his words were a great deal more, I don't know, colorful than mine, I guess, but I think I knew what he was getting at. Do you have any enemies? Perhaps someone you've quarreled with, or one you hold a manner of grudge against? He asked, once again, raising where his eyebrows should be. I mean, I don't know, I don't really want to hurt anyone, you know? Sure, there's people I don't really like, but that doesn't mean they should go to, uh, you know. I couldn't bring myself to drop the H-E double hockey sticks word, but I couldn't force something like this on anyone, right? I sure as shit didn't want to be damned myself, but I couldn't throw some innocent person on the chopping block, could I? Yes, this whole thing was a massive misunderstanding. Not to mention, I didn't ask for any of this craziness, but could I really... Another knock at the door stuck a fork in my inner debate. The sound instantly caused me to tense up, though surely another deep guy, like the one who sat on my recliner, wouldn't be out there. I looked over at the tall fella, almost to ask if it was cool to answer the door. He just gave me a nod, which honestly made me a little pissed off again. I shouldn't have to ask permission in my own god... my own damn house. When I pulled open the door to see Brad Dushison's shitting grin on the other side, I felt my blood begin to boil. She's still not home, I belted out, feeling my face flush. I know, man, I'm sorry, he replied with that ridiculously handsome smile. Ugh. I just wanted to drop this off. 
He handed me a flyer, advertising the appearance of his band at a local bar this Friday and Saturday. Yeah, dude was in a band as well. Good-looking, shredded, and musically talented. A trifecta of potential reasons for just about any woman to lose their shit over him. I meant to leave it earlier, but is that all? I asked, cutting him off mid-sentence. Uh, yeah, thanks. I'd be thrilled if you guys come to see us, he smiled. It was a full-on genuine smile, too. He had the nerve to invite me to watch him musically seduce my girlfriend. Yeah, sure, I replied, slamming the door shut in his face. I heard a muffled, It was nice to meet you, coming from outside, making me clench my jaw so hard I thought I'd crack my molars. You believe the nerve of that guy? I asked the tall man who was still sitting on my cozy recliner while gesturing back at the door as though Dushan was still standing there. He just gave me a sort of crooked smile while tilting his head to the side with his brow raised again. I couldn't, I said, fully aware of what that glint in his eye was implying. Could I? No, I shouldn't. Should I? It would fulfill your obligation to me. He replied, still looking like a sneaky little kid in a way while pulling a rolled up sheet of paper from inside his coat. When Jess got home, we did a lot of talking. I apologized for acting like such an asshole, though I couldn't quite explain why I stopped responding to her text as my previously shuttered phone had since been reassembled. I confessed that I was just jealous after her college sweetie showed up to our front door, to which she just laughed and assured me that I had nothing to worry about. Besides, she said, still chuckling, he's too pretty for me. I can't say that didn't make my face flush again, but it still made me feel a bit better about things. With her assurance that her relationship with the ex was only platonic, I agreed to go watch the show with her that Friday night. Even if I didn't care for the guy, I do enjoy live music. If nothing else, I'd be able to drink. So, I attempted to clean myself up as much as I was able before we headed off to see the show. Of course, Jess looked absolutely gorgeous, with far less effort on her behalf than the 45 minutes it took me to get myself looking presentable. I must have changed five, six times before I finally settled on the gray shirt, black vest, and purposely torn jeans. I generally wouldn't go to such lengths to attend a concert at such a small local venue, but I owe to at least compare to the ripped specimen of manhood playing lead guitar on stage. The band was already playing by the time we entered. Had I not taken so unusually long to get all fuzzy dubbed up for the occasion, we may have made it in time, but we still managed to grab a decent seat around the center of the bar. I never heard them play before that night, but I had to admit I was underwhelmed. Dushson just stood in one place the whole time, barely looking like he gave two shits about being there. He just stared off while absentmindedly plucking the strings of his Les Paul. Brad's really off tonight, Jess said, looking almost puzzled by his lackluster performance. Yeah? I replied, having no prior experience with his particular skill set. I hope we didn't have another fight with Dylan. She made a crease in her brow, looking very concerned about her ex. Though I had little doubt what was actually responsible for his complete lack of focus at the time, I couldn't help but feel bad for the guy. 
Still, I knew I'd done what I had to, and I was sure he had just been waiting for the right moment to come in and steal my girl away from me. That was until what Jess had said finally drilled its way through my thick skull. Who's Dylan? Brad's husband. I told you about them, right? I felt all the blood leak from my face down into the pit of my stomach. The realization that Douche Son truly had no other motivation than inviting us here to enjoy some music hit me like a truck. Their relationship has always been a little rocky, but I know they love each other. I hope they're not fighting again, Jess said with concern in her eyes. Her words were barely registering with me anymore. All I could see and hear was that I had damned an innocent man over what? My own insecurities? Christ, the hell was I going to do? I always assumed that these deals would not result in soul being claimed until the victim kicked the bucket, but it was pretty clear to me that Brad had already misplaced a part of himself while he appeared completely mentally checked out on stage. After the show ended, Jess made an attempt to go talk to her ex, to ask why he was so not himself and see if he needed to talk about it. Unfortunately, he had exited the stage quickly, having already left the bar by the time my girl made it backstage to look for him. She talked about how worried she was about him, all the way back to our home. She remained distracted all the way up until we hit the sack for the night. I couldn't sleep for shit. Not only had I royally screwed over this poor schmuck, but I couldn't help but wonder if my causing this to happen to, who I now saw as a pretty decent stand-up guy, could inadvertently have caused my own soul to be damned in the process. I tossed and turned for hours before I finally passed out, only to be awakened by Jess heading out to work early the next day. It wasn't often that she had to go to her job on the weekend, but they apparently had some sort of rotation where everyone would be expected to work at least one Saturday a month. Of course, my self-centered ass only cared that I would be left alone all day to dwell on what a ten-ton piece of shit I was. I tried to go back to sleep after she headed out, but it wasn't happening. My thoughts went crazy as soon as I opened my eyes, and there was absolutely no hope of me quieting my busy mind enough to get back to sleep. I pouted like a two-year-old while I slipped on my robe over my t-shirt and PJ pants before slouching down the stairs and flopping into my recliner. I surfed Netflix for a bit, but couldn't find anything to distract me from my self-pity. That's right. Even though... I had taken a steaming shit on the life of an innocent guy. I felt bad for myself. That alone made me feel even worse. It was just an endless circle of reasons to make me feel like a worthless asshole. I don't even know how long I'd been sitting there, barely paying attention to the streaming show I'd finally settled on, when another knock at the door broke me from my blank stare. I staggered over to open it, still moving like an upset child, halfway hunched over with my shoulders and arms hanging limp, skidding my bare feet across the carpet. When I pulled the door open, my back and neck instantly tensed up. There in front of me once again stood my old buddy, Kutch, though he wasn't alone this time. He was with another guy I'd never seen before, some blonde ponytail guy in a suit wasn't nearly as pale as the guy I inadvertently summoned via text message, nor as unsettlingly tall. Just an average-looking guy, really. 
Hi, he said with a pleasant smile. I just nodded in response. My associate here has something he'd like to tell you. He sounded British or Australian or something. Definitely foreign, but I guess Kutch sounded like he wasn't from around here too, now that I think about it. Ponytail nudged the tall, pale guy who had a look on his face like his folks caught him tickling his pickle. We, well, I may have... Inadvertently, he was cut off with another nudge from the guy on his left. He sort of clenched his jaw as though trying to compose himself as well as looking pretty pissed off, Drew be told. I may have misled you a little in our previous meeting, he finally said, holding up the now wrinkled sheet of paper I'd scribbled my signature across in my own blood. Before we go any further... Ponytail said. Do you truly have any interest in the deal the two of you struck? No. Hell no. I, I mean, no. I, I don't. I didn't. The barely legible words spilled from my lips as soon as the guy finished what he was saying. I didn't even have to think about it. <sighs> That's what I thought, the blonde guy said with a sigh before snapping his fingers, causing the contract to burst into flames. Go on, he nudged Kutch again. I, he said through gritted teeth, I apologize for manipulating the truth surrounding the text message including my name. And, Ponytail said. And, another sigh, I will no longer spy on private conversations to insinuate that random gibberish is actually a summoning ritual from which there is no escape. I just stared at the two with my jaw hanging open again. I do apologize for the inconvenience, Ponytail said. My associate here is well aware that this is not the way we do things. Not anymore, anyway. Sometimes I'm afraid he's a little too smart for his own good, as well as quite the convincing performer. Gotch was just staring down at his own feet, breathing somewhat heavily while nudging the threshold to my home with the tip of his shoe. Please. Rest assured that this will not happen again, and you are not only the first of many homes we will be visiting this evening. In addition, you may be pleased to know that the soul you were convinced to sell has been returned, so you need not fret this situation any further. I stood in place, glaring blankly at the oddly paired duo, who both now awkwardly smiled back at me. The pair almost carried on like a father and son, with the dad being ashamed of the actions of his boy while forcing him to confess he was the one who tossed the baseball through the passenger side window of the neighbor's car. Please accept this token of our gratitude for your understanding of the miscommunication, Kutch said, holding up a $5 scratch-off ticket while wearing a very forced and almost goofy-looking grin. Uh, thanks? I took the small strip of cardboard from between his long, bony fingers, cutting my eyes down to the ticket and back up to meet the two, who now began to turn away from the front of my home. As I watched the two stroll away, Ponytail turned around to face me again. Just one more thing. My heart instantly sank. I'd almost let myself believe that this whole mess was over with. What now? I thought. Who the Who was this guy, anyway? Was he about to convince me to make another deal? Maybe he was about to pull the rug out from under me and say that this was all a joke, like, nah, sucker, you're sure going to hell. I braced 
for the impact of whatever the guy was about to say. You may want to turn your autocorrect on, mate. With that, he gave me one of those winks and the click of a tongue before he spun on his heels and continued on leisurely, walking away from my house. I just paced backwards before nudging my front door shut with my foot, still slack-jawed and thoroughly perplexed by the events of the last few days. I just stood in place, glaring at the damn door for a good ten minutes at least. After a while, I had regained control of my senses and motor functions, I placed a call to Jess to ask if she'd spoken to her ex. Sure, I wasn't a fan of talking on the phone, but I sure as shit wasn't ready to start texting again just yet. Though I never could have predicted I'd be happy to hear that she had indeed talked to douche... Dawson, I couldn't help but be thrilled that he was apparently back to his absurdly charming self. He apologized to her for being distant at the show the previous night, claiming he had no idea what came over him. He just felt empty for some reason, but hoped that we would consider returning to the bar that night to see him at his full potential. While I held the phone nestled between my neck and shoulder, I scratched off the complimentary lotto ticket to see I just won two grand. Not too bad of a restitution for potential years of therapy nightmares. So, yeah, that was a pretty crazy couple of days, but I followed the blonde guy's advice and made sure to turn on my damn autocorrect. I still plan to proofread every text message I type before I hit send from now on, though. I'll be damned. Uh, I won't make that mistake again. <laughs>